everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety-spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss, and welcome to a uh, welcome to a brand new year. It's 2023. Um, I'm sure me saying the year is going to age terribly. It's like, hey, welcome. It's 2014. Woo! Anyways, starting off strong, everybody. Thank you all for joining me for another episode. Um, uh, I'm a licensed therapist, in case anybody's wondering. Um, the the uh, FearCast is a question and answer-based podcast where you can send me questions and uh, I will answer them here on the podcast. Um, what, what I love about the podcast is, and the reason I started this podcast, is because, you know, there's there are a, a ton of people out there who have, have questions, concerns, and OCD and anxiety just foster this sense of, of of shame and 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 privacy and seclusion, isolation, all this stuff. And it feels like, and, and as a therapist, you know, I've, I've had a number of clients where you know they've come in and said, hey, "Kevin, you're the only person I've ever told about this, or you're the first person I've ever told about this." And it tells me that that there are questions, there are worries, there are fears, there are, are are struggles out there that are being dealt with and struggled with and wrestled with in private. And um, I want this podcast to be a place where you can have your questions answered and try to give you some information that might be helpful in your progress in your recovery. So this is a question and answer based podcast. If you would like your question answered, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com, click on the submit a question link and, and uh, you just follow the directions there, send me the, the question and I will put it up on a future episode. Um, you can also, and this is more preferred, you can go over to uh, Instagram. I'm fearcastpodcast over there, by the way, follow me over there. Uh, if you uh, I, I put up some funny stuff, some helpful stuff uh, from time to time. But most importantly, you can send me an audio question. Just send me a direct message over there. Um, and you can uh, click on, there's a little microphone and a little button in the DMs um, and record your question there. And I will put that up on a future episode. And audio questions get priority. So I have an audio question for today. Uh, I also have a question that was sent in through Instagram as well. So there's going to be a lot of Instagram going on today. Um, everybody, uh, if if you like the podcast, if you have found it helpful, um, uh, it would be it'd be uh, awesome for you to write a little review on whatever platform you happen to get your podcasts on. Uh, give it a rating, five star, five thumbs up, five asterisks. I don't know, whatever it is over at that platform. Um, it helps. Uh, F's in the ratings, helps other people find the podcast. Uh, you found the podcast. It'd be helpful for other people to find the podcast as well. Um, and um, I think that's all I've got at the very top, everyone. So I hope the new year was good for everyone. Ours was fine. I've given up on having fun New Year's. Um, we, we, uh, we, the missus and I, learned a long time ago, here's what happens. We make big plans, super exciting plans. And then they all fall apart because someone gets sick, or there's traffic, or just something happens. So we, we don't anymore. Um, what we did do was try to get our monster children to sleep, and they went to bed at 11. Um, and uh, that's exactly what we wanted to do, was to wrestle monkeys to try to get them to go to sleep. So for all of you non-parents out there who go and actually have fun and do stuff, cool. For the rest of us, we're going to be wrestling monkeys and trying to get them to go to sleep. And then, you know, hopefully, hopefully, I don't know, sleep in the next day. Spoiler, we don't because said monkeys just wake up and now they're all tired and cranky for the next day. I'm going to stop complaining. That's not my New Year's resolution. 
Oh my gosh, New Year's resolutions. Why did I not even think to talk about that? Are you setting up New Year's resolutions? I failed you all, by the way. I set up a New Year's resolution last year to learn how to unicycle. I tried. I really did. I still have a unicycle. I bought my little helmet. I posted little pictures of it. I got a couple of goes at it. I could probably go maybe maybe 20 yards on it and then almost die. So that's what's happening around here. Um, it, uh, it, it has it's taken a back seat with a lot of other things in my life. So I failed you. I apologize. Um, and that's why I don't put a whole lot of stock in New Year's resolutions. We just decide that we're going to try to do something new. Here's what I'm doing these days, in case you're wondering. You didn't ask, I'm telling you. Um, the missus for, for uh, Christmas, unprompted, bought me rollerblades. That's right. Remember rollerblades? Um, for all of you younger folks, they're roller skates, except they're, they're inline uh, wheels. They just on, on your shoes, on these big old boots. Um, and I, I think I'm going to die. I haven't ridden rollerblades in 25 years. So I put these things on, and sure enough, I remembered, oh, that's right. Uh, we bought a house that's on a, on kind of on a hill, on a slope, and it's very steep. So... I think I'm going to die. So if, if you don't get any more podcasts at some point and it's like, hey, it's been two months, where's Kevin? He's dead. He's dead from roller skates. Um, and I can only assume I'm dead um, because uh, we, we finally got life insurance. So I think my wife is just trying to kill me. Maybe. Or it's, she thought they'd be fun. They are. They're fun. And you think you're going to die. But isn't that what fun kind of is? Isn't that why? That's like, it's, uh, um, you know, roller coasters and stuff. It's fun because you think you're going to die. Um, horror movies are fun because you think the bad guy's going to get you and it gets that adrenaline going. Um, you know, thought action fusion, right, everybody? Anyhow, so we're going to leap into this. So I've got two questions today. We're going to uh, uh, get into those. The first one is going to come from Jen. Jen previously asked an audio question and she sent in another one. So audio questions get priority. So she sent it in, so it's going up. Uh, and then the other, ep- the other episode, the other question will be shortly after. So first, here's Jen's question. Hi, thank you so much for answering my question. That was super helpful. I had a second one I wonder if you could cover. I wonder if you could give any tips or tricks in dealing with intrusive thoughts that don't start with what if. Um, I've had a formal OCD diagnosis for around two years now um, and since the beginning my thoughts have have not really ever started with what if and therefore have come across as a lot more certain. For example, with my OCD, the thoughts have always been I don't love my boyfriend as opposed to what if I don't love my boyfriend? And although logically I know I have OCD, um, my brain tricks me in and says that it doesn't start with what if, so therefore it's not OCD. Um, and I have noticed that a lot of the OCD support material out there talks about having what if questions. So I wondered if um, you had any tips or tricks about what to do when it doesn't have that and therefore your brain uses that to say you don't have OCD. Thanks so much. All right, so I love this question. I love this question because whenever I frame, and whenever, obviously Jen is noticing this too, whenever a lot of people frame and talk about OCD, they talk about it as the intrusive thought is a what if or an if then sort of question or proposition. However, for a lot of people out there, and and sometimes just within you know someone who also has whatever if then sort of questions or, or uh, doubts, the obsession can come in as a statement as an accusation, as a, as a fact, and it is felt that way. And it can have this different quality of, you know, it's not, 
you know, a conundrum to solve. It's not a, 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 a consideration. Your, your brain just says, here's what's up. Here's the fact. You are blank. You're going to hurt your spouse. You don't love them. You're going to kill and eat your kids. Whatever the thing is, right? Picking up my kids today. That's weird. So it's it, it can it can present in that sort of way. So what do you do about it, right? Well, so first uh, to that point, I, I want to validate this is also a a way that OCD manifests the 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 obsession manifests as this statement. So, it, but I but I also want to emphasize we're not going to treat those thoughts really any different. The accusation versus the question, because the accusation still leads to this worry. Oh no! And I guess suppose the you know there can be that follow up question. You know you, you don't love your partner. Oh no! What do I need to do about that? Do I need to break up with them? Do I need to um, uh, do I need to address this in any sort of way? Right. So it can lead to that rumination the constant questioning, the evaluation. It can lead to, you know, reviewing your past relationships, comparing it to this one, playing out stories about this relationship in the future, continually reaffirming oneself that, no, 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 I do love my partner. They're fantastic and I love them, right? So you see how even this accusation is still leads into the compulsive behavior, just like, what if I don't love my partner? Oh my gosh, do I love my partner? Well, let me compare my past relationships. Let me play this out in the future. Let me reassure myself. Now, I do love my partner, right? It still plays that same role, but it can feel different and it feels and it's it feels like it has more authority. But you know what? This is OCD's game. It's just another way it tries to rope you back in and pull you into that fantasy land of what if this statement were true. It's ultimately not true in the sense that it's a thought, right? And also what, what happens is, is that, you know, if, if you, I, I, I tend to think the obsessive thought illustrates something and, and the, the evidence that you don't believe it and the evidence that that thought is not true is evidence of the rumination, is evidence of the compulsive behavior to disprove the thought and to prove something else, right? Because oftentimes, if, you're, if your brain were to say, you don't love your partner, and you didn't, you'd go, you're right, you'd move on. But it creates this doubt, this worry, and this, this feeling like you have to solve it or do something about it. And so you engage in compulsive behavior. So instead, we're going to cut out that middleman and we're just going to say, you know what? Maybe I don't. Here's that element of uncertainty, right? Now, we don't need to then say you don't love your partner. You don't need to say that you absolutely love your partner. We're accepting this element of of not answering that question, and it's it, it it's it's a it's that kind of disengaged response, right? That not or the non engagement response. The when my clients talk about accusation statements like this, the response I give them is "Cool story, bro." Um, I don't know if anybody's still saying "Cool story, bro." I don't know if they ever really said that otherwise, uh, other than the memes. But it's kind of this: your, your brain says, "Hey, you don't love your partner." The response can be, okay, cool. Notice in that it diffuses it in the sense that there's, there's no further discussion that needs to happen. It's a, simply, it's a simple acknowledgement of the thought, acknowledgement of the statement, and moving on. It's not a debate. It's not a discussion. It's not an evaluation or consideration. Cool story. 
Thanks, brain. Cool. Or, you know, the other ways you can just hit his, ugh. Right? That's also a completely fine response. It's, ugh, I don't like that one. But it's an acknowledgement of thought and a re-engagement back to your life, back to your relationship in this case. So it feels dangerous though, right? What if you missed your brain giving you the answer, the premonition, the fact you don't love your partner, you're in a bad relationship, or fill in the blank with whatever other obsession you might have, right? You're violent, you're gay, you are, um, uh, you're going to hurt someone in your, in your car, you already have, you messed this thing up in the past. Cool story, bro. And then a re-engagement back to your life. We're not going to answer that question. Because likely speaking, you've thought about it a thousand times, and you've come to the same conclusion. You've heard me say it before, trust your compulsive conclusion. Meaning, where have you typically resolved in the compulsive cycle that you've gone in over and over and over again? In other words, what is that thing that you've been trying to work towards and trying to prove? That thing. Trust it. Maybe take the risk that that might be accurate and that therefore the uncertainty is, gosh, well, what if I missed that thing that my brain was telling me and I could have saved myself or my partner or other people from a better or happier life? Maybe. But that's what the future is. We discover that ages and ages hence. We're not going to discover that right now. So, Jen, when, that, when your brain gives you that statement, acknowledge it and keep trucking forward. Cool story, bro. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel hard. It's going to feel uncomfortable to not engage. But the engagement is the problem, right? So consider then also, and we've talked about this before, I mean, what is scary about not answering that? Is it that, you know, you're, you're going to live a life that's unfulfilled? You're going to be destroying their life. It's that you're, you're going to live this completely unhappy uh, existence with this partner that you're just like, meh, about. Maybe. What's, how, so how do you make the best of that? How do you make the best of that relationship that may not be, quote, right? Right? Capital R, Right? All right, make the best of that relationship you can. When your brain says, but this is the wrong one, you don't truly love them. You don't love them at all. Even though you, you go, but I, I do. In your heart of hearts, you do. And your brain's giving you this accusation. Again, cool story, bro. Well, I'm going to go forward and make this bad relationship the best relationship I can. So, Jen, I hope that helps, and thank you so much for that question. And again, to anybody else out there, um, if if you'd like to add something to this to this, or you know, you have some feedback, uh, go over to Fearcast Podcast. Let me know. Tell me on Instagram, and I can add that to a future episode uh, uh, there. So, in the sake of time, let's shift off to the other question. So, <coughs> excuse me. This other question comes from. Ciara. So Ciara sent me a message over the Instagrams. So uh, uh, she says, um, hey, I hope, you're, I hope you're doing well and I love your podcast. Well, thank you so much. I love yours too. Um, how do you overcome real event OCD if you have HOCD from a same-sex porn and sexting addiction? It's something I've always found so hard to overcome and also afraid that two people I used to be friends with will go around telling people and my OCD tells me that everyone Everyone knows what I did. And yes, what I did in my past uh, was when I was really struggling and looking for validation. I hate myself for doing this. She puts this in all caps. 
And she says, anyways, um, uh, she says, anyways, currently listening to your real event podcast, which is really helping and just want to say thank you so much for what you're doing. Um, uh, and then she says some other very, very kind and nice things. So thank you so much for that. So, um, yeah, so, uh, boy, Ciara, thank you so much for this question. Um, it's it's so hard. So for those for those of of you who are unaware, so real event OCD. So real event OCD differs slightly, ever so slightly, from other uh, elements of OCD in the sense that with with other elements of OCD, it's oftentimes an obsession about something that hasn't actually happened, or it, it could happen, or it might happen. Right, with real event OCD, there is a rumination about something that did happen. Now, there can be some some other associated things with it. There can be um, uh, there can be false memory OCD, where it's kind of real event, but part of the part of the obsession is you know did I fully remember it, or is this a suppressed memory, or is this a repressed memory, or you know some, something to that effect. I did a whole episode as she's um, referencing on real event OCD. Um, it was published probably in the summer of 2020. So you can go back in the archives and do that or just Google Fearcast podcast real event and it should pop right up. Um, and uh, it's, it, it, I, I took a, I suppose, very strong stance on it, um, on real event. Um, I have some strong stances on that. But either way, it's, it's, um, it's worth listening to uh, if, if you experience this. So it sounds like Sarah is struggling with this, with, with this, with, with ruminating about what might happen as a result of this thing that she did in her past, that she regrets. Um, and gosh, I should do a whole episode on regret and rumination about it. I, I suppose it's, you know, it's, it's a f- feature of, of real event OCD. It's a reflection on something that did happen and just, why did this happen? Why did I do this? I shouldn't have done this. What is going to be the impact of this? In life, and that's kind of where she's at. She recognized that she did this thing, and now it's it's what. And there's no dispute about it. It's now what's going to happen. What's going to be the impact of this going forward? So I imagine, and for a lot of folks in Ciara's position, there's going to be rumination about, um, you know, what impact will it have on her relationships, her job, her outcomes, her her prospects, et cetera, in, in the future. How will it hurt her? Perhaps for other people, be how will it impact their family or their friends? Right there, there, there are there are any number of questions that one might have, but it's this ruminating over and over and over again about what's about what will the the effects of this be and what will come of it. And the problem comes in this: we have no idea. We have no idea, and that's what's rife. That's that that is fodder for OCD. It latches onto it and it, it pulls someone into that that fantasy, right? Or as the, the IBT people are calling it, the OCD bubble, right? You cross that little bridge over into the fantasy land over here, and now you're into wild speculation, right? Will these two people tell? If, okay, the answer to that, by the way, can be no. No, they won't, period. <laughs> That's not fun for OCD, right? It's going to say they will. So then what? So they will, they will tell. Now who will they tell? Who are those people going to tell, right? You see where this can go. Will it eventually get back to me? Will people be talking about me? Well, what will they say, etc. So, it, this is tough. It's tough because we we want to know what's going to hurt us in the future. That's kind of what our anxiety is about. It's saying, what are the pitfalls? What are the dangers in my life, and how do I avoid them? 
right? So we want to first acknowledge that we don't know. Acknowledge that there is a world of uncertainty that we have to struggle with and that we either will know or we won't. Does that make sense? In other words, from this moment on, we don't have any answers. So, Ciara, you don't know if someone has told or hasn't, right? It's this like little black box. We don't know if it has or it hasn't. So we need to wait. We wait until that thing occurs. And that, that's a bridge we'll, we'll cross and a problem we'll deal with in the future. If we get there, because it may never happen. And if it does then we will deal with it with the details that we have there, with the person that who brings it up, with the situation that it comes out as. But until then, there may be nothing to do. And that is sometimes the hardest thing, is doing the active step of nothing and waiting. Now, the waiting can look like a lot of different things. Waiting primarily is disengagement from the rumination, from trying to figure out the problem. The rumination in this, and I'll say this, the rumination in this is the problem, not, not the things that you are doing, not the HOCD. It's the rumination, right? So we, I, I'm not going to be talking about the HOCD, sexual orientation OCD here, because the, it sounds like that's not necessarily the problem. The concern mainly is, well, what do you, what do, you do about, th- about the, this in the waiting, Right. So it's waiting. It's, so again, what does that look like? Disengagement from the rumination, saying, you know what? I'm not going to solve this problem, and I'm going to leave it open-ended. Instead, I'm going to redirect my focus towards damn near anything else, towards my life, towards my job, towards my relationships, towards building the life that I want, and taking progressive, reasonable, thoughtful, meaningful steps towards the person that I want to become, that ideal self that I've envisioned of who I want to try to be, and the skills and the people I want around me, and the uh, uh, the, the characteristics I want to cultivate within myself. I'm going to try to work towards that person who I want to be now and wait. And when that thought comes up or the temptation to start getting into that rumination comes up again, we acknowledge that it's there. We might go, ugh, right? Ugh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. Now, I say this, the, the hope line can certainly become compulsive, right? There's the wishing compulsion of like, oh, man, I, man, I wish I hadn't done that. And it's just another way of, of trying to uh, scenario twist the past, right? But we can say, God, that was a mistake. Or, and that, ugh, that sucks, right? Regret is something that we can have. It's not the end of the world. We all have regrets. I'm sick of people saying live life with no regrets. You're going to have regrets because we change and we shift. And our, 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 we, things will maneuver in our life where you know, our interests will change. Our, our, you get the idea. I'm not going to keep beating that dead horse. Point is, if you have this regret, that's okay. We just make space for it and we show compassion on ourselves for perhaps the, quote, mistakes that we made. And again, you know, I'm not saying what you did was a mistake. It's the decision you made at the time for reasons that you had. It's you, you decided that you wished you hadn't done that in retrospect. And that's what we call mistakes, I suppose, right? We made a choice that we wish we hadn't made. Okay. Join the club. I have them. 
CR, you have them. I'm willing to bet each and every listener to this podcast right now has them. And CR, you know what that does? That connects you to everybody else. You're no different than the rest of us. So we're not going to treat it as if it's different, as if it's special. It's this thing that you did. And the compassionate move is to let you continue to live your life and to move forward with the person that you're trying to be today. I don't know who you're trying to be in 20 years from now, but we're trying to just move forward with the person that we're trying to be today and get to tomorrow. So I know that brings it way back to just right now, and that may feel hard to do, but it's this continual shift. When your brain tries to pull you into that fantasy land, we acknowledge it. Oh man, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be terrible if that were to happen? It might, but I'll deal with that when I get there. And we shift and let our brain get focused on and engrossed in another topic. So um, a, a, a lot of what we're talking about here is based in, in ACT, in, in based in mindfulness and acceptance of, of, of reality of yourself and turning off that struggle switch. ACT has that idea of the struggle switch. It's the acknowledgement of, of something that we're fighting with, and it's what's called experiential avoidance. It's you, you don't want to have that thing in the future, but you're not there yet. But you're here in the moment struggling with something that you have no control over. So ACT says, grab this giant on-off switch that's in your head of the struggle, and we're going to turn that struggle off. So we're not going to fight with this reality. It's like fighting with the fact that it's pouring rain outside right now. It is. And... There's nothing I can do about it. I can't yell at the sky. I know it will change. But me fighting with the rain is not going to change. It's just going to make me more frustrated that not only is it raining, which I can be frustrated about, which I'm not. I love the rain. It's so much fun. But it's I could fight with it, or I could now be angry that it's raining and be angry that I can't change the rain. Instead, I'm going to turn my struggle switch right off. It's raining. Now what am I going to do? What do I want to do? What would be better for me to do? And how can I live my life and continue to do my day with it raining? So, Ciara, what can you do with the reality that you're in? How can you continue to move forward? What are the steps that you're going to take to continue to be the person that you want to try to become? And wait and put that future event, that future uh, uh, dealing off to when it happens, if it happens, which, again... Could it happen? Maybe. What if it never happens? Then you will have wasted these times, these moments. So, Ciara, I hope that was helpful. And I, I, I appreciate this question. And um, again, if I missed anything, everybody, if you want to add something, uh, feel free to go over to the, either the episode page of Fearcast Podcast or send me a message over at uh, Fearcast Podcast uh, through Instagram. And I'll, uh, I'll put those up on a future episode. So I'm going to slide the uh, music in right here. Thank you all so much for letting me be a part of your recovery story and entrusting um, me with your questions. If you have questions you would like answered for a future uh, uh, podcast, uh, go over to fearcastpodcast.com and, and send a message to me over there by clicking on the submit a question link or again over over Instagram uh, at fearcastpodcast. So please remember, everybody, that the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you need a little bit of help in your recovery, go over to FearCast Podcast and click on the Find Help link, and there's going to be some information for you there. So until next time, everyone, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously.